Hi, I'm Gavin Shields and this is Self Storage Explained. Expert advice on how to set up and scale your self-storage business. Okay, hello and uh, a big welcome to Paul and Will from Janice and Nogi, the Janice Nogi combo. Uh, thank you very much for joining both. Um, Paul, uh, would you mind starting by introducing yourself and then, then Will, please? Thanks, Gavin, and appreciate the, the invite um, today. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Paul Shepard. I've been with um, Janice and Nogi for just over 15 years now. And I work as a product account manager for the Noki Smart Entry product uh, covering the UK, Europe, and a little bit the Middle East as well. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, and uh, I'm Will DeBoard, uh, the Director of Product and Customer Experience for Janice, working with our Noki product. And I've been, um, been working with Janice and Noki for about five years now. Great. Well, thank you both. This is the first recording I've done where I've got two people joining, especially from two different countries. So, well, thanks for joining us from the US. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so I know quite a bit about Noki and Janice because in my two sites here, I have Noki and Janice. So um, uh, that's a good starter for this call. But uh, the, the purpose of this call is really to, for people listening to hopefully uh, find out more about the options that they have for smart entry solutions. And Lots of our customers use the Nogi system, and I use it and uh, have, have loved have loved it. Uh, I have no complaints at all. It's been great. Um, but I suppose this be really the questions I want to go through are really to help people learn about what Nogi is and why it's, uh, you know, the benefits to it and the, the cons, and so we'll go through it. So just to start, um, could, could you give us an introduction about what what is the Nogi Smart Energy Solution? How does it work? Um and what, what, what are the different ways that people implement it on site? Yeah, thanks, Gavin. Yep. So I think I always like to start by saying there's um, three parts to the Noki uh, Smart Entry Solution. It's we offer a mobile app, which is uh, allows people to access facilities using Bluetooth on their mobile device. Mm -hmm. We offer a Noki admin dashboard web portal, we call it, where you can go in and view uh, information about your facility um, amongst a myriad of different things. And then probably the most critical part that is the Noki uh, smart entry hardware that we offer. And we offer solutions to um, allow keyless entry to both um, entry points of a building, be that, you know, gates, um, band doors, roller shutters. We offer solutions for lifts as well. And also on the on-door lock solutions, a product that, you know, Many people need to have heard of it's our Noki One product, which is our on-door battery-powered lock, which again can be accessed with the uh, smartphone smartphone app. Um, mm -hmm. We also have, alongside that, a couple of other products that are you know, not as commonly used in the European market. So we have um, Noki pads or Noki screen, we call them, which essentially is a two-in-one device where you can use a mobile app or also have access to a PIN code. Um, in the European market, generally that's used for multi-use buildings where there might be a different business within a compound or um, you know, access for the emergency services. And we, in other sectors as well, we also have um, a Noki padlock that we use called the HD padlock. Um, generally don't use that in self-storage um, for a number of different reasons and it's not as tied into our Noki um, cloud solution so reporting information to the cloud and such like, but we do see it in other markets. 
And I think in terms of solutions available, the last one that we're starting to dive into a little bit more over the last 12 months, I would say, is retrofit solutions. So we've been looking at ways to fit our smart lock hardware to other vendors' doors um, to allow us to integrate Nokia into either facilities where we're doing currently a, a new phase or facilities that have been around for a few years that want to modernize their access control solution. And we'll go in there and install um, Nokia smart locks and, and access control to the entry points, but primarily focusing on the solutions we can find to deliver a smart lock solution for all the all the properties. Okay, so that retrofit is that something that you're currently doing and uh, is available to uh, UK and European operators if they wish to put Nokia into uh, existing doors? Exactly, that's correct. Yep. So we we've done around um, uh, around thirty to forty sites now with retrofit solutions. Um, yes. And we'll continue to come across and develop different solutions. We may not have a solution at this point for you know every door out there, you know, but we continue to investigate and adapt to the requirements as we as we speak to individual operators. Okay, okay, that's great. Yeah, I remember hearing that a year or two ago, and so that, that's a, that's an exciting uh, development actually for operators who uh, you know want to want to get the Nokia system into an existing facility that wasn't uh, maybe done by Janus. Exactly, allows people to modernize their facility, you know, as the as we all know, the, the technology landscape's changing and the opportunity to be able to bring facilities up to, you know, current standards, yeah. is, it's, it's great for, for operators to be able to leverage that now. One of the things I'm always really interested in uh, is the, like the end user experience. So how, how does that work with with Noki. So let's say you're an operator, you install Noki, uh, then you know, a customer comes and you know, books the unit and is moving in, say, tomorrow. Uh, uh, can you talk through, and I have a fair idea what, how this works because you know, I have my own site, but can you talk through what is the customer experience with uh, whenever you have Noki on the site? Yeah, absolutely. So when a customer books a unit, uh, however they decide to do it, most, most customers are... Uh, you know, booking online now. Uh, but when the customer books the unit, the uh, management system sends us the information. So we get, uh, you know, the tenant name, what uh, their, their phone number and what entry points they should have access to, what locks they should have access to. So immediately we set up that account, send a text message to, to the tenant. Uh, they download the app, use temporary password, set up their real password and they have immediate access to the facility. So if they're you know, renting at 8 p.m. on a Sunday and they wanna start moving things in immediately, they can do that. If they, if they want to wait a day, they can, they can wait. No need to go in and, and you know, um, get, a, get a padlock or, or anything from, from the actual facility. So it just allows them to move in on their own terms. If they have a mover, they can share their their access with the mover for you know 24 or 48 hours or indefinitely and it really puts the the whole experience in the tenant's hands right they're deciding who has access to their unit when they're deciding when they move in um, and and it's you know just really all up to the tenant so when they get to the actual facility you know kind of the app experience is uh, They'll, they'll get up close to the first entry point, whether that's a gate, you know, sliding door, whatever the, the entry point is. 
the icon for the entry will highlight, tap the icon to open up and uh, get to their unit, wake their lock just by touching the touch sensor and uh, unlocking uh, the same way they open the entry point, the icon highlights and they tap the icon. So pretty straightforward and, and uh, easy for people to, to pick up pretty immediately. Yeah, and I, I've been with uh, some of my customers before where I've uh, I've watched them go through this process. Uh, you know, so I've met uh, in my first year or so of my site, I met people uh, sometimes and kind of helped them move in or just I want to observe what happened. And sometimes, um, so it was, they, had the, they got the text message, they downloaded the app, uh, they got in, just as you said, and immediately they can see on their screen, you know, the, the buttons. So... I remember the couple of things that worth mentioning. They needed to turn on Bluetooth. Sometimes some people didn't have Bluetooth turned on. That was right. so. That's still the case. It's a it's a Bluetooth uh, system, isn't that right? That's correct. So yeah. um, they are prompted when going into the app. Hey, right. allow us access to your Bluetooth and and turn that on. Mm. Um, for for Android uh, customers, they also have to turn on. Uh, location services because just the way Bluetooth works on Android, they have to have that that bit on. But that's all you know within the app. The app is walking you through you know yeah. what permission to turn on uh, on your phone and, and making sure that you have have everything on so you can access. It actually will pop up a banner uh, on the bottom if you turn off Bluetooth and then uh, open up the app. It'll pop up a banner saying, uh, "Please enable Bluetooth to." use Nokia Smart Entry. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's, that's great. And uh, I, I remember this this elderly couple actually moving in one time, and uh, I was sort of worried. I thought, oh, this isn't going to go well. But they, they downloaded the app, and um, they, they said to me, I can't believe that this place exists in this town. Like, they, they couldn't believe how advanced the facility was. Um, and uh, like it was, it was a great experience, I remember. And uh, I think once or twice out of hundreds of people, I've maybe had the odd... Phone call. Oh, you know, I can't remember my iTunes password. <laughs> that's that's happened right. one or two times. Um, you know, like that's there's nothing you can do with that. Uh, that's just you know, that's that's uh, unsolvable if you're downloading an app. <laughs> uh, but other than that, look, I've had I've had so many like the vast vast majority, ninety nine percent, been very very positive solutions. So in the case where somebody might have a smartphone, you also do have fobs, and is that still something that you do? Because I I have fobs. I actually bought 10 whenever I had my installation done, and I still have nine almost five years later. So I haven't actually been asked for any apart from one. Um, but is that something that's still an option? Yes, we, we do still have Bob's as an option. Uh -huh. um, we have, you know, across our, our portfolio, maybe, I think it's maybe 2% of uh, tenants are using Bob's. And okay. that's viewed by uh, a couple of random facilities but uh yeah for the most part they're they're not they're not used um and i would say specifically in the european market it's probably half a percent um that that actually utilize the, the fob option but it's there if if anybody should need that option yeah yeah and paul you mentioned the uh the the uh, online system as well which is um it's not something I go into very often, but I do remember one time uh, somebody, one of my customers, had dumped a load of uh, uh, wardrobes at the front of my facility. I had a, I had a skip sitting there uh, for a few days, and they must have thought it was just a free skip they could fill, so they dumped a pile of stuff as they were moving out. 
and uh, I was on CCTV and I saw them moving on. But the only way I knew who it was was by going into the the Noki log and saying, you know, who was it opening and closing the doors at the time? Because you know, I had no way of knowing. I hadn't met the customer, so I didn't know. So um, I remember using it for that. So that's where your customer logs are moving it, coming in and out. Uh, well, actually coming in, I believe, mostly, um, maybe depending how you operate it. But is there anything else that that, that system is useful for? Yeah, I think there's there's a few of the things um, to mention that all of our you know entry points and locks are cloud connected at all times, and they, that allows them to send information to and from the cloud. So mm-hmm. obviously, as you mentioned, Gavin, the the passing activity information when things happen to the cloud, but also it's allowing information to come inside the, the facility. So, for example, operators can remotely open entry points. If they want to allow somebody who's not set up on the app into the building, uh, we've even seen a trend towards, particularly with um, remotely managed facilities, uh, where you can actually uh, remotely open a vacant unit as well. So what we've seen is people coming in, uh, people doing tours of sites, um, allowing people to show them around, check if the unit size is correct for them. If it's not, show them a different unit and actually not having to actually visit the site to allow them to, uh, to have access. Uh, other things that we can do remotely, for example, if you're to busy site, you can remotely hold open the gates and things so you can keep them up for, for one hour without having to use the app for every interaction and then allow that to be closed either at any point in the future or a fixed time. And and then from, I think, just the, the other side of that, from a maintenance perspective, being cloud connected and online, it's allowing us to understand what's happening on the facility. So locks are checking in with their status, be that, you know, the battery life, be that um, the units are not connected or perhaps, you know, we've detected uh, a security alert inside a unit. It's allowing all that information to be filtered in uh, almost real time to the cloud. And that can then be distributed to um, operators via notification system to allow early warning of, of incidents immediately. Or just like you said, when you log into the dashboard to actually be able to see a summary of all the information recording, be it activity, um, unlocked units, you know, uh, amongst many other things that you can see from the data. And a part of the Nuki solution as well uh, is so, so security is an issue, obviously, and uh, you know we hear a little bit more about uh, in the UK, you know, a couple more break-ins and things that are happening. And I've heard recently about uh, this concept of tunneling, which is you know somebody takes out a unit, and then uh, they go into the unit, and then they they actually tunnel through into the next unit and the next unit. And they, they, uh, it's it's actually a pretty effective way to you know get into lots of units and get all the valuable stuff out. Um, it's also quite hard to catch uh, because you know it might be a week or two before it's even discovered. Um, but the Nuki solution also comes with uh, some uh, unit unit uh, alarms. Can you can you explain how they work as well, please? Yeah, yeah. So you know we, we see all over the world you know different different kind of break in tactics, but you know, tunneling or, you know, going over the partition into a neighboring unit uh, is, is something, you know, we've, we've seen uh, in different areas. And our, um, our locks have a, uh, a motion detector looking into the unit. So if somebody, you know, goes into their own unit that they've rented, closes the door down, and then they start, you know, going into other units, um, it, you know, figuring out a way to get into other units, they'll be caught essentially by the motion detection inside of each unit. And uh, the notifications that are configurable, so they can go 
you know, to somebody's uh, smartphone um, through a push notification. They can come through an email or a text message. So um, essentially the operator can be alerted right away when there's a security situation and, and people are you know, breaking into units. So if, if, you, if you're using a, mon a monitoring service, so if somebody's monitoring your CCTV, for example, um, they could also be receiving those emails or text messages uh, to kind of catch that pretty soon. So tunneling really, from because I have these in my units as well, tunneling, I, I imagine, would not be possible. I mean, the, the alarms would go off as you move into the units. Right. Yeah, because they're, they're not, you know, the, the, the nice thing about tunneling, the reason I guess it works is if you've got door alarms, <laughs> you're not actually right. touching the doors. So, you know, you can you can kind of go in the side wall instead. Um, okay, all right. Yeah, I think the, the first uh, first instance we heard about somebody breaking into a unit with with Noki smart entry was um, was this kind of scenario where they you know closed down their unit door and attempted to go over the partition into another unit and uh, you know, the notification went off the the facility uh, personnel responded and uh, they didn't catch the person necessarily in the act but they you know figured out by the activity combined mm -hmm. with the CCTV footage, who did it, and made an arrest about a day later. Oh, okay. Nice one. Okay. Okay. So I've got a couple of questions more uh, about sort of practicality. So if, if you want to, if you decide the Noki systems for me, um, what do operators need to know? So for example, you know, do you need power at every door? Do you need power at every gate? Do you need internet? Uh, what's the kind of other requirements on installation? Yes, Shulgam. So um, essentially, there's, there's three main aspects to it. Um, there is power, data, as in data cables, network cables that allow us to build our what we call our mesh network infrastructure. And there is also um, the option of having Wi-Fi available at the facility as well. Um, so if I start with the power, um, generally, because we have our Nokia One battery-powered smart locks, you don't need power at every, every unit. Um, Generally, power is required at where we put a hardwired, you know, powered controller at the gate or the entry doors of the facility. Mm -hmm. uh, we also install in the technical room or the comms room a network switch to allow us to communicate with our devices. Mm -hmm. um, that generally requires uh, power supply in the technical room. And then on top of that, we install around the building what we call our Noki gateways. They're essentially devices that allow our locks to send data to the cloud and we install generally one of those at each entry point mm -hmm. and then a few locations within the storage facilities probably if you were to say one every 50 units would be a you know a rough estimate but it depends on the layout of the building and the the facility uh, and we need network cables running from the comms room out to each of those locations before we install Nokia, and we will just plug our device and connect that into that when we're on site completing completing the the install um oh. And I think just the, the last piece to, to go to that is um, with our mobile app, uh, we have a digital key solution within our mobile app um, that essentially allows tenants. So when they visit the facility for the first time each calendar day, their app will do a validation to authenticate the digital key. Um, the reason we do that is that if somebody then goes into the storage facility and they don't have, you know, data connection via the mobile or the app, 
they can then get what we call offline access to the unit. So the app will communicate purely using Bluetooth and allow them to access the unit. The critical piece to that is when it, when the uh, tenant visits their first point of entry at arrival at the facility, they will need a data connection on their mobile device for, for a few seconds to complete that authentication process when they unlock the, the gate or the door. Um, usually, in most cases, mobile data is perfectly fine for that. Mm. But if somebody doesn't have a data plan or, you know, on occasions it's not a great signal area for a 4G or a 5G connection, then we do suggest that you may want to install Wi-Fi within the facility, mm. predominantly at the, um, the main points of entry. Just as a backup to allow to make sure it's a seamless experience for the for, for the for the people visiting the the site. But other than that, that's the three main requirements for uh, Nokia Smart Entry. Yeah, and one one point with the digital key process, so the tenant doesn't realize this is going on. This is just happening in the background as they open up their app. You know, the the app is going and saying, "All right, um, are you still in good standing, or are you overlocked?" Did you move out? You know, they're just essentially making sure the tenant's in good standing. And you know, once once it sees, okay, yep, they're they're good to go, just uh, refreshes the the key for them. And yeah, they can, like Paul said, lose data connection, go into the building, you know, where where there are dead spots everywhere, and, and still get into their unit. That's really, I didn't realize that, but I was wondering because one of my sites has really bad internet. And uh, uh, so that is why I don't get all these calls saying I can't get into my room because uh, they, they obviously have internet on the way in. And that's enough then, even if they lose all connection inside the building, the Bluetooth kicks in and, uh, and, and works. So that, that's, uh, yeah. that explains that. <laughs> um, okay. And um, so one of the, one of the things um, we often get asked is, uh, you know, how do we integrate Stora with Noki? I'm sure it's the same for other software products um, out there as well. So generally, uh, I'm not talking with Stora specifically, generally what's the kind of process with connecting it to a software, uh, a self-storage software product? Uh, and uh, I suppose one of the things I also, do they, uh, you know, do they often, do they have to integrate much with Noki? Because you know, like if they're using Stora, we take care of all the communication with with Nuki on the operator's behalf, uh, and you know all the stuff gets kind of you know that thing will you describe where you know you receive the email address and the phone number that's all sent by our system. Correct. Um, so I assume I'm sure they're all the same. But um, what's what's generally the process for connecting your Nuki system to the software? You know, I guess somebody's on site and then there's a code and um, how does that normally work? So. Uh... From the kind of onboarding perspective, um, essentially what we do is, is match up our unit list, unit lock list with you know, Stora. Um, and uh, from then on, when a tenant rents a unit, we're sent that information from Stora right away. Um, yeah, email address, phone number, name, uh, units rented, uh, just just. Pretty, pretty basic information. Then when a uh, tenant goes into overlock, whether that's, you know, uh, whether whether you're doing first a month or anniversary billing, um, we get that update straight away and restrict access. Uh, when the tenant pays, we get another update from, from the management system and we restore access uh, right away. So 
um, we, we use a standard set of uh, webhooks that um, the management system hits when different when different events happen, and it, it's really really seamless, quick, um, and, and updates come through to us in a matter of in a matter of seconds. Yeah, it is great. So we've customers. We allow our customers to drive up to our gate. Sorry, we allow non-customers to drive up to our gate, go to our website on their phone, book a unit, pass their ID check, sign the contract, and just immediately get a get a text message from Noki. So you know, I'll often on a you know, Sunday afternoon just receive a message on my phone saying you know somebody's booked and they've booked in, and you know. I'll, I'll be able to look in, in our in store and see if they've paid and they're in unit number whatever and they're they're happily in there and so um, you know it's a it's a great experience uh, for for customers and it's a great experience for me too because that's just so, such a nice way to sell self storage but it, it also works similarly with non payments so if you know the payments feel our system messages people but you know we, we've communicated with your system and say this person paid and they can be locked out. But the second they pay, our system will send a message to Nokia and say they pay now, they can, they can get in. So people can drive up to the gate and actually sort out their late payment right there and then and just get straight back in again. So it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty slick system, I have to say. And do, do you have the ability to let customers um, have restricted hours? So you know, some operators might let people you know, move in 9 to 5 or have access 9 to 5 Monday to Saturday, and then you might have... Uh, and... Uh, one question I was going to I wanted to ask was about uh, uh, access hours. So some operators want to let customers, you know, move in nine to five or have access nine to five Monday to Saturday, and then maybe upsell on additional hours of access. Is that something that your system can handle? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have uh, different schedules essentially that can be assigned to tenants. So mm -hmm. that uh, that can be done through the portal. Uh, so if you rent a unit to somebody that you know you, you want to give 24-hour access to for some sort of upcharge, uh, that can be edited on the tenant's profile in our web portal. And we have also uh, recently added support to receive that through our uh, web hooks through our integrations. So um, that can be that can now be it's fairly recent, but that can now be sent to us during the onboarding process for a tenant. And we can we can give that uh, tenant automatically, you know, extended hours or you know default hours, whatever whatever the case may be. That's interesting, Will. So that would allow us because we handle the, the checkout in store, you know, handling the checkout and the even upsells. You know, we could potentially be in store handling that upsell, and then our system will know that and could send that information directly to you. So you know, the the operator, you know, once we support that, the operator could potentially be setting that up and. That could be just completely automated too, which would be nice because it's a great way to upsell. You know, even just if it's just Sunday access or seven a.m. to nine a.m. and you know five p.m. to eleven p.m. whatever it might be. Uh, so that's 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 good to know. One thing we get asked a lot: uh, we have a lot of customers who have container sites, and uh, you know they they also lots of them want to automate letting people in and out and also managing moving into the containers. Uh, so, uh, you know, and we do have some customers who have used the Noki solution at their container site. And what they've generally done is um, bought the containers, but then either added your doors or added your roller shutter door and then put Noki on that. Is that, is that, is that the, the application of Noki you would see in container sites or is there other, other ways to use it as well? 
that's that's what I've seen for the for the most part. Don't know, uh, Paul, if you've seen otherwise. Yeah, I, th I think predominantly that's the the way we've seen it. It's obviously in the mixture, like you say, entry only with the standard, you know, uh, container padlock on the on the on the rooms or the conversion kits that um, where they're converting it to either smaller units, you know, or putting a roller door on the end, and and generally that works. I think that's in keeping with our whole, you know, the the product philosophy as well in terms of the the being cloud connected. So we really want to, you know. If we want to install Noki, we want to make sure that we're installing our uh, the, the Noki One Smart Locks, which are designed to fit a, a storage door. Mm -hmm. Just really to make sure that we're offering the full benefits of the product to the to the container sites as as, as well as the internal storage customers. Yeah, and what we yeah, and what we've seen a lot, um, particularly in the U.S., um, is instead of doing uh, container sites on those same kinds of properties we've seen uh, people use the uh, uh, mass mass units so mm -hmm. the mobile uh, mobile storage unit with a you know Janus roller door um, you know already already fitted out and it, it's you know basically the same application as as container storage uh, but a little more purpose-built for the storage industry okay okay Great. And uh, what uh, does is Nuki? If you're an operator in like anywhere in the world, is is it available anywhere in the world, or is are there do you just support certain countries for now? Yeah, I, I would say that we um we support. You know, we're a global business. You know, we Janus has and Nuki have offices in primarily USA, Europe, and Australasia. But we've got you know we've got facilities obviously starting in the US, Canada, Mexico, UK. Uh, majority of Europe, um, Australia, New Zealand, to name a, a few. Um, what we do as well with our mobile app as well, we have um, a number of different languages in the app. Um, we've done the majority of the European countries that we've developed into. We've developed um, language translations for both the app and the web portal. Mm -hmm. And we have a translation service that we use. So should we move into a new market? Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if we feel that that needs, you know, all the operator feels that needs local language in the app then um then we will we will get the app translated we can usually do that within you know six to eight weeks you know uh, a development period we can have that completed it's a, it's a fairly quick process to ensure that we can you know give the best experience locally okay okay thanks paul one of the things that uh, so having my own my own online sites here in Northern Ireland and with nobody there, um, we do things like the remote tours. So we've been giving people tours for since we opened over the phone, which is great. One of the downsides, one of the the only limitations I see with an online site, and this is not to do with Noki, but a, a limitation is that if you've no staff there, <clears throat> then some businesses when they want to store things, they kind of want a, more a service as well. So they want to be able to send. Deliveries there, pallets there, and I know lots of the bigger self-storage operators will will handle those sort of customers and maybe charge per pallet and charge for receiving deliveries. If you've got an on-man site, that's that's kind of impossible. You, you don't have somebody there with a forklift. So, um, but there probably are some ways to more cleverly handle deliveries potentially. Is this something that you have ever uh, you you know you've, you've any experience of with your customers who are using Noki? How are how are people operators trying to solve this problem of, of giving business customers a bit more service, even in an on-man site? 
So one of the issues that I've found with my own sites here is um, with on-man sites, one of the limitations is business customers often want to, uh, you know, who are using storage will want to receive deliveries like pallets and maybe Amazon deliveries. And if you've not got staff there who can drive a forklift or whatever else, that's just not possible. Um, and so it's one of the limitations that sometimes I have a business customer ring up to inquire and we just haven't been able to bring them on. Um, Obviously, you know, you're not going to, you can't, without a forklift driver, there's no forklift driver, you can't unload pallets. But have you come across any quite innovative ways that some of your operators who are using Noki have managed to provide some sort of additional service to businesses for accepting deliveries at an on-man site? Yeah, so one that we see um, uh, semi-often is the business customer will give the, the operator access to their unit. You know, they'll do a, a key share with the facility uh, facility personnel. And what that allows the operator to do is open that unit uh, remotely. So when a, uh, when a delivery driver gets there, you know, they'll, they'll be instructed to essentially call, um, call the operator's number, and uh, you know they just in the web portal or in the smartphone app remotely open that lock, mm-hmm. and uh, the the, uh, the delivery courier can essentially deliver straight into the unit. Uh, so that's that's probably the most uh, common common way I've seen to really allow business customers to get deliveries. Um, Paul, I'm not sure if you've seen uh, any other any other. Uh, way to do that yeah i've seen a similar take on the um you know the typical delivery unit that some operators have where they can allow a delivery company to deliver to one unit and that's really using all the other tools that uh you know the technology tools you know your remote open facility your cctv so they can allow you know a remotely open a delivery unit for a driver they've got the cameras there so it's completely secure monitored they can monitor when they left the unit that it's re-secured again and follow that process so they can minimize the risks of just allowing someone just to go into a, uh, a unit without you know without any controls in place so that's the other application that we've seen people do particularly with uh, remotely managed facilities yeah <clears throat> okay all right thanks very much well so before we finish is there anything that uh, i haven't asked about that you think would be important for somebody considering their options to know about the Noki system yeah, sure. Just a couple of things just to touch on. I think that obviously, um, I think we've spoke to your team, Gavin, a few times, you know, over the, the, the history of agility. There are times when, you know, there is some support needed from the Noki team. And, you know, we have a, a local support team based in Europe, but because of our global nature, we have, you know, a worldwide support team that can handle giving us global support backup out of ours. And you can contact, you know, we can be contacted via phone, email, chat pretty much around the clock so you know we we and we will endeavor to you know help solve as many things as we can you know on on first time call when when you when you when people contact us and i think the second part of that is in terms of our offering you know we we like to obviously we we, we believe we uh, sell a quality product and as part of our install once that's completed we do provide a, a two-year warranty on our hardware so we're we're covering that for the initial uh, lease period of the facility and onwards as well. But, um, you know, we're making sure that um, people have the confidence that our product is, you know, it's, it's built to last and it's, uh, it's, 
it's going to be great for their for their facility as they onboard their customers. Yeah, and just just to piggyback a little bit on the question earlier about um, uh, you know where we're available. You know, as Paul mentioned, we're we're you know, a global company. Um, we've got around uh, over over a quarter million uh, devices installed now, and uh, that's in you know, about 30 countries. So um, it, it really is a global solution. And um, yeah, we're, we're uh, uh, excited to talk to you about it today. Yeah, me, well, it's been great. Uh, I've, I've learned uh, some new stuff, even though I have them on my site. So it's been great to, to hear about some of those things. So um, thank you very much. Uh, uh, so yeah, um, I have no other questions. You've answered everything really well. So thanks very much for all your time. And uh, I'm sure, Paul, I definitely will see you uh, pretty soon. I'm sure we'll meet at the UK conference. Um, but yeah, thanks again. Look forward to it, Gavin, as always. And thanks for your time. Gavin. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Self Storage Explained, where we aim to provide expert advice on how to set up and scale your self-storage business. For more resources, including financial models and in-depth guides for setting up or growing your business, visit our self-storage academy at stora.co, that's stora.co forward slash academy. And if you would like to find out more about how Stora can help your business grow sales and save time, set up a demo or contact us at stora.co, that's stora.co. Thank you.